Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome back to The Bird Calls, a podcast dedicated to SB Nation's TheBirdRights.com. I'm your host, Preston Ellis. I'm hunkering down. I'm prepping for Hurricane Irma with my new buddy, Ralph Malbro. What's yeah. up, Ralph? It's good, Preston. I'm, I'm glad to be on here. You need to survive the hurricane. I survived the hurricane. I survived Harvey. You need to survive Irma. This hurricane, this, this is crazy. Like, being a New Orleans guy, like, I mean, I know you, you had... Uh, you had um, Katrina and Rita, yeah. Katrina and Rita back to back, but I feel like this is like wor- this is like worse. Not I feel like this, this Irma's was bigger and badder. Irma is the size of Texas. It's, it's five hundred and fifty miles wide. It's going to cover the entire state of Florida. And the scary thing is, I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. And and for our listeners who live in like the Alabama, Mississippi regions, you need to pay close attention because the storm keeps turning west. Just like yeah. four days ago, it was supposed to pass east of east of us, and we were only supposed to get tropical storm uh, cutoff winds from it. But now that it's gone west to us, we're getting like these 120 mile per hour winds, so we're, we're getting the brunt of it. So make sure that everybody pays attention. But yeah, and Ralph, uh, to, to your point, right behind her Hurricane Irma is category four. Hurricane Jose. Oh, <laughs> and somebody on Twitter did the path, and it it, it it like is mirroring the path of Betsy, like doing that loop. They think it's going to stay in the Atlantic, but like that's what Betsy did in the '60s. She did like, I'm going to go out in the Atlantic. No, I'm not. And loops back across, cuts across Florida, and just went gave a direct hit to New Orleans. So uh, this has been uh, the worst hurricane season since '05. Yeah, it's been pretty bad, and and there's no way to predict what's going to happen next because just three days ago, Irma was on a completely different trajectory. So Katia is going into Mexico. They've had some, like, uh, you know, country-changing uh, earthquake, like an 8.1. I don't, I don't even know all the details. Oregon is on fire right now. The whole world is falling apart as we speak. So let's lighten the mood up. Uh, oh, I let's brought, do it. 
I've, I've brought Ralph uh, on here to, to bring some positivity, some optimism. For you guys who don't know him, you probably do, but he hosts the immensely popular Saints Happy Hour podcast, which I love listening to, and I get a big kick out of Drunk History Month, by the way, so make sure you check that out. Uh, he also contributes Saints coverage to WWL, goes all the way back to the Buddy D days. Uh, when you were producing his radio show, what, what were you doing for him exactly? I produced his show. I produced Buddy D, and I produced... Uh, I would do the post game for the Saints as well sometimes. Although that's that was easier because that was just calls. You just had a call screen. Uh, I like I like I know like there's a whole generation of people that don't they don't know really who Buddy they know the name but they don't know who he was. Like to me, like the Saints, the the local media has become so soft. Like they don't have anybody that just will blow towards the saints if they're terrible john DeShazer, when he wrote a when he used to do a column for the times picayune he was actually really good and i remember buddy d buddy d this is one a side story that buddy d used to really do that i thought was really cool when people would write stuff in new orleans like for the times picayune or other papers around locally or news or, or jim henderson buddy d would call them and and even if he didn't connect with them to talk he would leave a voicemail and i remember john DeShazer just wrote this column just eviscerating the saints one one year for hazard and, and I, i'm walking in and buddy d is just leaving him a 30 second voicemail telling him how <laughs> awesome it was and i was like that's so cool like that like that's so cool and i remember like buddy d like he 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 read like a, a an excerpt of like a column that i wrote when, even though i was working for him i would print it out and sometimes he, he we would just read it and we talk about it but one time he liked it so much he like read a paragraph of it on the air and i was like i have made it i have i have made it. i have gotten the seal of approval from buddy d but now i feel like the shazer granted newspapers are dying so he saw that right in the wall and he bailed out and he works for the saints now i feel like people that read the john DeShazer on saints.com that's not the good really sharp John DeShazer. The John DeShazer that worked for the times Picayune, that dude was sharp and could be brutal, and I miss that dude. Hey, let me fangirl out for a second. This is probably <laughs> way before your time. Jim Haslip, that's like uh, early 2000s, but in I think it was 1994, I was the kid who would call into the Buddy D show oh every single day. I would go to the Wayne Martin uh, meal with Morton Anderson every Monday. I, I can't remember what the name of the restaurant was, but we would Damn, go every single Lakeside. week. Champs at Lakeside, and I would call in, and there was one year where we were dreadful. It was even like post-Jim Everett, and uh, I called into the radio, and I was like, I don't care what my friends say. Everybody makes fun of me for being a Saints fan, tell me the Saints suck, and I don't <laughs> care because they play hard, and they're going to win this week, and Winfred Tubbs is going to light it up, and they actually made a commercial out of my voice spot, and they played <laughs> it before the upcoming week's game. It was like, stay tuned to your Saints because there are Saints, but man, I was such a Buddy D fan, and I, I don't know if you wore a dress and danced down uh, Bourbon no, Street. No, I didn't because I was... Because I was living in Houston at the time, and I couldn't oh, get, man. I couldn't get, I couldn't get in in time because of work for that. But I mean, yeah. I, I just, I feel like that. I mean, New Orleans, it's a one paper town. I feel like, I feel like the blogs actually do a better job covering than a lot of the media. I feel like, you know what I want, Preston? I want a paid beat writer for the Pelicans. As good as Nick Underhill. That's what I want. Uh, we've got uh, Scott Kushner and I think Jim Eichenhofer is the other yeah. guy. And uh, they're they're certainly nice guys. And and we lost the the guy from Times Picayune, John Reed, who moved to Jacksonville. I, I hope I can say this. Uh, his father uh, 
got super ill. He moved over there and he actually yeah. got a job over there. He's a really nice guy. And uh, Jeff Duncan took over some of the some of it uh, intermittently. But there's there's a new hired guy. I don't I don't think it's Gullery, but um, I can't remember who it is. But mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, there's there's a lot of writing that goes on at Bourbon Street Shots and thebirdrights.com. And I think we might be the only NBA franchise uh, in in America that is covered more throughout unpaid bloggers than it is paid newspapers. <laughs> it probably is. It's great. It's it's great though. And I mean, like the some like I feel like during NBA team, I realize how many like Pelicans bloggers have blocked me when I see <laughs> tweets that I can't cover because I can't. But like, I want to be nice to them. Like. I granted a couple of years ago, I wrote a column like how to survive Saint season, and I took like shots at them, kind of veiled, and I, a bunch of them got mad at me. But I want to make peace with you people. I like you, the birds, right? People are fun, and all the pelican blogger. We're just like Twitter is just fun. And, like as long as we're not rude to each other, like there's no reason to block each other. Like my thing is like as long as you don't curse at me, like you can say whatever you want, and you can even you can even insult me as long as it's funny, you know? Yeah. So. You know what? Ralph, losing hurts, and it just brings out the worst of all of us. I remember after Saints games as a kid, like, kicking <laughs> trash cans, just pouting all day long. That that three-hour contest would straight up ruin my weekend. Uh, but that's that's why you're here. I'm actually bringing Ralph yeah. on to kind of yes. lighten the mood. Uh, we, we've had a rough uh, couple of weeks losing Solomon Hill, tracing away Quincy Pondexter for nothing at the moment. We were thinking it was a preemptive move to bring Dante Cunningham back. And Dante Cunningham, our starting three, that's nothing to get excited about either. So it certainly is a dark time. The Frank Jackson stuff, the Misty Surrey stuff, uh, Jake Madison of Bourbon Street's uh, Shots actually compares the Saints and the Pelicans. He said, if you take your eldest son to a doctor and the doctor misdiagnoses your son, you're not then going to bring your younger son to the same set doctor. <laughs> Give it like that. So <laughs> Which is bad. exactly inherently what we're doing at the moment. But uh, we're, we're, we're looking on the bright side of things. As you said off air, you know, we've got Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, Rajon Rondo, Ian Clark. We don't know if it's going to work. Who knows? But you know what? It's going to be fun finding out. So at the moment, when we think of something like Drew Holiday's contract, five years, $125 million, a little overpay, but with the incentives, bringing it to one. 50 completely crippled our offseason and took away any flexibility we might have had it it's it's very frustrating ralph at times like this you know when you lose uh nick fairly right after signing him to yes. a four-year 28 million dollars deal what no, do you do I mean, to feel better about yourself well for drew holiday i thought i thought about this i think what we need to do is we need to think of drew holiday's contract as the greatest my wish segment in ESPN history, right? His wife, <laughs> his wife had it, had, 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 a, had the major like tumor for, for her, her, her brain while she's pregnant. It was like a very like life uh, threatening thing, you know, and, and, and the Pelicans supported him. I feel like if you picture it of like uh, Tom Rinaldi doing a voiceover and, and, and talking to Drew Holiday and like, Drew, your wife's going to have surgery today. We're very worried about her. It's going to be okay. I want to play this video. And he thinks it's like a video of like Tom Benson wishing him good luck. And it's like, no, Drew, we're giving you $150 million. Doesn't that make you feel bad? <laughs> like if you think of it as like the best uh, My Wish segment ever, $150 million contract, it, it kind of makes you warm and fuzzy. At least it does for me. Because if you think of it the other way, it's kind of sad. But if you think of it my way, it's much funner, isn't it? Dude, I just if, – if Drew Holiday, like, makes t- it to the All-Star, to get that kind of coverage in the NBA, it takes, like, an All-Star caliber year or a team even just advancing into, like, the top five seed to, to 
to focus that much on a, on a third star. So for him to have a really successful season, maybe come out and score like 18 and nine, play great defense, and yeah. you get to March, and all of a sudden that story comes out, and we see him yeah. sitting down with, with the bigger basketball writers, like the Lee Jenkins of Sports Illustrated, and he sits down and he just goes through everything that happened with his wife and son. That could be totally worth, in my estimation, a bit of an overpay. So I really like that analogy. The moment that you said my wish, I was like, oh my God, the Pelicans on ESPN, a 30-minute story <laughs> of the Pelicans on ESPN, I will totally buy into that. Let's move right along. I'm already feeling better so like i just said Derek jones and misty surrey shockingly fired this offseason and uh we we could go into that about uh sean payton maybe trying to cover his own tracks after throwing delvin bro to to the wolves so to speak but however the pelicans stood by their head position only to lose solomon hill frank jackson <laughs> and the continued illness of omar sheik that's uh inexplicable at this point infections to quincy pondexter he's already signed off on this big story with chris haynes of espn that we're all like you know gripping for how did how did you go about feeling better this offseason after losing bro unger armstead and others well i feel like the the, the pelicans are like the 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 like you know how they have like the the boys town or like the wayward home for 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 children. I feel like the Pelicans are like the wayward home for NBA players with bad feet. You have Drew Holiday. <laughs> he had terrible feet, and like Frank John Frank Johnson's got a has a foot surgery, right? Holland's Hill is granted it was like a hamstring, but I feel like the Pelicans are like. You know, they're like the Statue of Liberty, but instead of taking you know, like you're you're hungry, you're poor, your tire masses, like we take your foot injuries. Like if you have oh a foot God. injury, come to the Pelicans. We won't we won't cure you. We don't we don't know how to do that. But we can make you feel better. We'll give you hot chocolate, maybe some videos, <laughs> you know, a, a nice massage. We'll 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 play backgammon with you. Um, you know, certain things like that. I mean, that's the only way to make it feel better. I mean, like Frank Johnson, like his, they drafted him. They knew he had a foot injury, but it was worse than they thought. Like to me, that's peak Pelican right there. Like it, it's, it is peak Pelican. Of uh, they drafted the dude with the bad foot, and the bad foot was worse than they thought. Like, like that. Is it? Am I wrong with that? Like the, the thing that stresses me about all this. His name is uh, Frank Jackson, by the way. I hate to correct you, uh, dude. Yeah. He was a he was a freshman. He had a Jones fracture, which in the NBA can be crippling to big guys. But CJ McCollum and Ben Simmons, um, some smaller guys, have been able to recover and have like all star capable seasons. But it yeah. is a major injury for an NBA player. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Players go to Phoenix and they resurrect their careers. Players do not come to, to New Orleans and resurrect their careers. We brought uh, Omri Caspi and Jarrett Jack in last year to try to give us some, some minutes. And uh, Lance Stevenson and uh, those guys immediately, immediately went down with injuries and uh, were unceremoniously just let go by the franchise, which actually created a lot of ill will. I can't remember what teammate, uh, some, I, I want to say it was Matt Barnes, came to Lance Stevenson's defense, and he said all that guy did was put in the work, ball out for these guys, give them his heart and soul, broke a bone, and was immediately uh, thrown to the curb. So that's that's something that the Pelicans are, are all of this, All it, it feels like there's more to the story to unfold, the doctors, the misdiagnoses, uh, all this stuff. So the, the Saints, in a lot of respects, did the right thing by just throwing Oshner under the bus eight days after signing this like seven or eight year agreement to distance yeah. themselves from as much as possible. But the Pelicans have yet to do that. And you're absolutely right. But you didn't make me feel any better. Which no, was I, <laughs> uh, well, well, I'll make you I'll make you feel better like this, like eventually, like the health 
it has to turn. Like if like the Saints, it was bad for like two years, and if like it started to turn, like Armstead's gonna probably play the first month. Like and and, and he's really the only major guy that's injured. You know, bro, he's gone. But like they didn't have any major injury, other major injuries in camp. Like so, like it's gonna turn around eventually. I will say this: I feel like uh, with with Omir, like he eventually he's he he's going to like eventually he's going to turn valuable and the pelicans will have a chance to do something with his contract that is entirely impossible <laughs> that will no. never happen if anything i think we're all hoping for like a medical exception at this point where insurance just pays him off and kind of in the the mode of there's a guy named chris bosh from the miami heat who uh had a, a heart palpitation that wasn't allowing him to play so after a year of just sitting him on the bench when he wanted to play the heat were able to absolve his contract off their books and sign these other ridiculous players to uh overpaid contracts but you know I, sorry go ahead no do you feel like i feel like the best case scenario with omir oh and this is terrible is if you my wife she loves the movie goodfellas so i've seen it like two my wife so, yeah my wife so i've seen it like 200 times since we've been together so there's a scene where like robert de niro is with uh henry hill's wife and and he's like go around the corner and get some dresses he's like go around the corner and she like peeks around the corner and it's like two guys in the shadow she's like nah i gotta go i think like that's what the pelicans are trying to do with with uh Ostic. they're like go around the corner pick out some clothes i'm gonna take your time and then like he just like disappears and like we don't know where he is like we we put out an amber alert for him he's just gone i don't know Poor guys. Yeah. We, we laugh, but he, he did look, he's lost significant amounts of yeah. weight. Apparently he went on vacation to Mexico, picked up some kind of illness, but now it's been, uh, I want to say seven months since, and he still has not recovered. So I do truly and honestly hope that he bounces back. And I'm sorry for having gotta fun. Bring, no, you got to bring bottled water to Mexico. <laughs> man. Everybody knows that. I'm married to a Mexican. We know this. Come on, people. <laughs> Bacteria in the water. I, I want to transition to something really quickly before we get on onto this. I remember uh, we're, we're basically generally talking about the Pelicans and the Saints being pretty bad recently. And Mickey Loomis said something on Duncan Holder I found interesting. He called this a crossroads year for the Pelicans but didn't share the same feelings for, for the Saints. The, the Pelicans have struggled just two playoff appearances in Dell Dem's seven seasons, but the Saints haven't been much better. They've only reached the playoffs no, since 2011. They've gone seven and nine three times in a, in a row. And while you guys are optimistic this will be uh, a turnaround year, uh, kids who were born during that Super Bowl run are now like in the second grade. Do you yeah, think- they're doing complicated math. I know. Do you think Mickey Loomis made these comments due to the fact that he's more hands-on with the Saints and wants to like defend his position? Or do you think the Saints front office should be feeling a bit insecure going into this season? I feel like Mickey Loomis isn't insecure because Mickey Loomis, he he has a better chance of being employed uh, with the Saints next year than Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, their number one pick. And wow. Marshawn Lattimore, his chance for employment is 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, he should be, but he's not because he's in like the circle of trust. I mean, let's be real. I'm easier on Benson than most people. Like a lot of people can't forgive what he did post Katrina with the Saints and tried to move him to San Antonio. I kind of let him slide because he's done a lot of good since. But let's be real. The dude is 90 over 90. He doesn't know who Anthony Davis is some days. He doesn't remember where the Saints <laughs> won the Super Bowl. And he doesn't like he can't name the city they won the Super Bowl. in. So like. Basically, the Saints is Mickey Loomis, Greg Bensel, Dennis Lausha, and I'm forgetting one other person. And that's like the circle of trust. So, like, they're not going anywhere, you know? 
Let me let me jump in and ask you this because I was thinking about this earlier. So uh, the the I think the last the last NFL franchise was the the St. Louis Rams for seven hundred and fifty million dollars in two thousand ten. But Stephen Ross bought the Dolphins for one point one billion in two thousand eight. And I bring this up because the Houston Rockets just sold for two point two billion to Tillman Fertitta. What what is the over under at this point that Tom Benson just sells the Saints and the Pelicans to Las Vegas for four billion dollars? Well, he couldn't sell them to Vegas for four. He wouldn't sell them to Vegas because Vegas already they have they have a hockey team now and they have a foot they have they'll have the Raiders. But I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to think I'm you're going to think I'm insane. And this is this we, we do the cheer up, but he could he can sell or if he's not around, Benson could get three billion for the Pelicans to move to Seattle. And that's the, I know we're here to, it's depressing, but I really believe that because I believe somebody with the, the, the Microsoft and all the things in Seattle, like somebody would gladly pay $3 billion. And here's the thing is sports owners, like they don't look at, they want to make money with teams pressing, but, but here's the thing. Like if, 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 if I'm worth $50 billion and you're worth $50 billion and you do uh, oil and I do uh, cosmetics, let's say for women, if I own a sports team, I'm more famous than you. So, so rich dudes now they look at it as a sports team as like it separates them, you know, because there's only 30 NBA teams, there's only 32 NFL teams. So, like they don't even worry about like making that much money off the sports teams. It's a status thing. So, I just think the prices are going to get crazier and crazier. So, you think you know? NBA franchise is basically like the new trophy wife? Of- yes, it is. <laughs> it is a trophy. The NBA, but and the thing is, though, the thing is, and this is this is my thing that I I really believe this for the Pelicans, which is really good. I think when Benson finally dies, if his wife gets control of it, she is really ingrained in the community of like you know they donated a bunch of money to Tulane for the stadium. They donated a bunch of money for the for the Hall of Fame, right? In Canton and other things in New Orleans, I really believe that as long as she is alive and, and in good health, the Pelicans or the Saints won't move because she's so ingrained in New Orleans and from here, like she doesn't want the first paragraph of her obituary to be when she owned the Saints, she sold them to X and they moved to Portland and she sold the Pelicans and they moved to Seattle. So, I mean, that's to me, that's the my biggest hope with the Pelicans. And I still think, I still think the Pelicans with Anthony Davis and Boogie, it can be really fun and if it's really fun ad and boogie will want to stick around at least for a while let me let me get into this uh re- regardless of the this this brought me up to something new orleans has always been a saint's town uh and yeah. maybe maybe it was just katrina bringing the city together after uh the the gleason's blocked punt but even in the 90s like even though the team was bad people showed up to the games and we remember the ain'ts bags in the 80s and 90s but they had to they had to show up to the stadium to wear the bags last season the saints were 10th in attendance but the pelicans were 24th uh according to statista.com yeah. uh, at espn do you think this city will ever embrace the Pelicans the way they do the Saints? Well, I wish, you know what would help the, the Pelicans a lot is if the NBA, and I wish they would do this, if they would bump the season back and like really ramp up the season like after Christmas. Like if Christmas was like the kickoff of the year, because then the Saints would be almost gone. Um, but the thing about the Pelicans is they have to build, uh, you have to build momentum. Like you, they, they haven't, won, they haven't, you know, had two or three, you know, I know people say, well, if, if you don't win a championship, what are you doing it for? But if, if you could, could stack, if, if the Pelicans, let's say 
after Monty, Monty Williams had gone against Golden State. So let's say they made the playoffs again the next year, even if it was an eighth seed. And the last two years they had made the playoffs, and maybe they went from the eighth seed to the sixth seed, and, and they were making progress. That means you're winning games, and you're building momentum. And that was my thing with the Monty Williams thing is I was – I was one, I was really against firing him and I was really against hiring a retry coach because I feel like before you can win a championship, you got to walk. And I feel like the Pelicans to build the fan base, you got to win a bunch of years in a row and you got to get people excited for Pelicans. What happens after, after they, they went, they got the eighth seed, right? A couple of years ago, the next year they set a record for season tickets, right? And people yeah. were pumped. And even though they got swept by golden state at the end of the year, like, the, the, the local media was doing live shots from the Pelicans game. They're like, they're a game behind Oklahoma City. They got to win tonight. And, and Anthony Davis hit that crazy shot against the Thunder that basically put him in the playoffs. And it was like the lead on the news. Like, you got to build that over time. Does that make sense? And I feel like yeah. I feel like the Pelicans, like, they, they wanted to, like, skip a step with, with, with Gentry or whatever. And, I you know, you just got to – you got to do it over time and they've never had two, three, four seasons of, of winning games where like people are used to going to the games and you get excited about the season. But I think Boogie may do a little bit of that and people will get excited, but we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not an analytics guy for basketball and I'm not uh diehard. Fan. I just have my league pass. I watch. Um, and I'm I'm op- I'm optimistic. Like I feel like I feel like it can I feel like it can work. And I know the West is hard, but you can you can shoot holes in it. But I, I'm a, I'm excited because I I feel like Boogie, like New Orleans is gonna love him. Like I just I maybe I'm being too optimistic. Like I feel like his personality and his like I feel like New Orleans can love him. Like Memphis loves Zach Randolph, where you don't necessarily think it's the right fit or whatever but it just will be. Yeah, the the comments he made about the the monuments in New Orleans was absolutely hysterical. His first interview sitting next to Anthony Davis called each other fire and ice. I don't even remember some of the the wonderful things he said, but you you brought up some awesome points that we talk about as bloggers a lot. Uh, In the 2011 CBA, after the, the holdout of the NBA teams, they only played 66 games that season, and they didn't start until Christmas week, and that was such a fantastic time to start getting excited about basketball because you're getting to the end of the, the NFL season when only 12 teams make it to the playoffs and, and a lot of fans drop out mm-hmm. and they're, they're eager for their next team who does have possibilities. Yep. Uh, they're, they're, they're willing to lash on at that point. If the Saints fall out of the playoff race, that's the perfect time to come in. But with that being said, you'd have to scratch, you know, 16 games. And also they're trying to give uh, the NBA players more rest, uh, less, fewer back-to-backs, fewer, four games in five nights, they could potentially push the season back into mid July. But once you get into August, uh, that's, that's when the Olympics takes place. And uh, world world basketball is something that's, that's up and coming that the NBA has their, their hands into at this point has like a really good relationship with. So it's difficult to get into that, but uh, that's, that's a really great point. And, and like, like you said, it just, it just comes down to winning. And I, I do think that the Pelicans have a good chance of doing that, especially with Boogie. If nothing else, you're absolutely right. They're going to be fun. I went to a couple of Pelicans games this year and just watching DeMarcus Cousins just clown around with these guys. They're having fun. They're balling out. You just got to pray. It's going to work. Let's, let's move right along to the Saints because this is your baby. This is your special <laughs> My baby. We start on Monday night. Ralph, what's going to happen? I... You know, and I wish I would have. I wish I would have said this in my column because I I didn't think of it until I turned it in. And it, my my preview column's like really long, so like 
WWL, their their editors are great, but I like to if I if I write like a column that's like over two thousand words, I try to give them like a little bit of a head start. So I turned it in a little bit early, and the thing that I wish I would have thought of, Preston, is you know, Sean Payton, whenever he's in a big game, he 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 turns into what I call is hyper aggressive Sean Payton. And it's not necessarily, it can be bad, but it's not necessarily bad. Like in the Super Bowl, it was ambush. Like, think of that. Like, ambush Sean Payton. And I think this game is maybe the biggest regular season game Sean Payton has ever coached with the Saints. Because if they lose to Minnesota, New England just got their butts handed to them uh, Thursday night. You'd think, it, I think Bill Belichick has lost two in a row. It's like, for coaching the Patriots like 17 years, it's like a ridiculously low number. I think it's like three or four times. So you're not, you're probably not beating New England. Then you go to Carolina, and then you go to London to face Miami. They gotta beat Minnesota because if they start one and three again, you know, then it's, everybody's like, well, this is what they do. They start slow, they build back up to 500, they get their souls ripped out, and they finish seven and nine, and that's how it goes. We've seen this movie before. So I just feel like Monday is so important. But I'm gonna tell you, I think the Saints are gonna win. I think they're going to win 1917. I think they're not going to score. I said this on the podcast, so I'll say it again here. I think they're going to win, Preston, and they're not going to score a touchdown on offense. I think they're going to score a touchdown on defense, and Will Lutz is going to kick four field goals, and they're going to harass Sam Bradford, and it's going to be a really nasty, ugly game, and they're going to win on a kick at the end. But the thing that I worry about is now they're on their their fourth long snapper. Which is yeah. never a good. Which is never a good. You know, because if if the Saints lose this game because the long snapper screws up and snaps it over uh, the holder's head at the end of the game, uh, I'm gonna meet, need a new TV. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not gonna let you go away from calling your shot because uh, <laughs> you just got me so pumped up about like the, the the drumming that Sean Payton gave Greg Williams last year, 49 to 21. The Patriots in 2009. Yeah. If if the Saints can come out here, squash the Vikings, and I mean, we're all anticipating a bounce back game from Patriots. Bill Belichick with 10 days of rest is pretty much unstoppable. But let's just say the Saints squeak by the Patriots after that. I think we're all talking about the Super Bowl 16 weeks from now. Uh, On Expedia looking up hotel rooms. But do you think there's any validity to there? There have been some preseasons where where the offense has been a bit clunky and it's translated into the regular season. You just said you don't think we're going to get a touchdown. Do you think the Saints first string offense comes out rusty? I think they're a little bit rusty because I think the thing with the Saints is they're going to be – first off, Minnesota's defense, for people that don't really follow other teams besides saying you don't know other – Minnesota's front seven is a beast. Like they have Don, Don, Donnell Hunter from LSU. They have um, Griffin, the other linebacker. They they have Barr, who was bad last year, but he was good the year before. So their front seven is is really good. So the Saints – they're starting Ramchek at tackle. He's a rookie. It could be. And, and they don't have Willie Sneed is like Drew Brees' uh, go-to safety outlet guy, right? So I just think they could they could face some issues on offense, especially in Minnesota. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a dome. It's a hard place to play. Um, so I, I think it, it could be interesting. You know, preseason is so – it's so hard, Preston, because you, you, it's kind of like I, I joke. It's like, what do you call those pictures on your wall that like um, you, you you look at it and you're like, what do you see? And one person will be like, I see a butterfly. And the other person will be like, I see a sailboat. You know, that's what preseason is like. If you can you can see whatever you want, like if the Saints, if if they were coming off 12 and four. Right. And they look terrible this preseason. You're like, whatever. They were 12 and four last year. I don't care. Preseason doesn't matter. But 
this year because we we were desperate for the defense to look see anything we can see right we're just like that's good the defense is playing great it's this time it's different you know so um preseason is really hard to judge the main thing i i will say about preseason preston is in all my years in football is and i don't you tell me the the equivalent of basketball is like to me in preseason because teams don't game plan or whatever if you get shoved around on the line of scrimmage that's a really bad sign you know it's kind of like being out rebounded uh the the thunder two years ago against the warriors got up three to one because even though even though the warriors had better skill players i don't think that's uh something you can argue uh the thunder just out rebounded them offensively kind of bullied them around the cavaliers uh utilized the same technique against the warriors uh with tristan thompson just grabbing rebound after rebound and just using size to their advantage and that is something that's going to be absolutely crucial in this upcoming game with minnesota and and Man, you you got me feeling back down again because I thought, like, man, what if this defense that we've been so excited about, all these young guys, these rookies, uh, watching it all work together, it comes out, and, man, the Vikings just put 21 on them in the well, first I half. I don't think that's – what one thing is the Minnesota – Bradford I don't like and there were six skill position guys are in. They drafted Treadwell from Minnesota. He's kind of a bust. And the thing is and – and I will say this, and I, this gives me a chance to bring up an old buddy D – ism that he used to say all the time when I produced his show when the Saints would play a really bad team and he would say this is why this game is important when the Saints play a bad team because people know you probably remember Buddy D was like a huge gambling guy huge horse racing guy right and he would always say if you can't win the claims race you can't win the Kentucky Derby right and the thing is with this preseason with the Saints when they played Cleveland who's bad uh they played San Diego who didn't play Philip Rivers and they were missing both of their starting tackles and the Texans who played uh, Savage, who's a bad quarterback, right? But at least the defense dominated the bad teams. So if they can dominate the bad teams, it gives us hope, right? I feel like the Saints defensive needle has moved to we're 100% sure they're terrible to I don't know. And that's a big move, President. If you think of it, if, if you think of it as like you need the move, you need the, the needle to move 180 degrees. Like the needles move 90 degrees. So we're we're in the stage of like might be good, right? You know, and that's what you want. Like at least the the uncertainty is better than the known quantity what you had before right i mean that's what you want out of the pelicans like you don't you you can be like well at least we at least we don't know what we have going into this year with boogie right we had a little small sample that that gets you excited to me at least hope rebellions are are built on hope ralph again you guys can can follow ralph at saints forecast download his popular pod uh saints happy hour podcast featuring andrew juge what's up juge uh dave and is kevin ever coming back I don't know, man. Kevin is like, he, 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 he was, he was, he was serious about the Adrian Peterson thing. And I respect him. You know, he's, he just, he, he really believed it. I think Kevin, it's irresistible. Like he'll be back. We just don't know when that's why you need to listen every week. Cause he might pop in at random times. Uh, but I think he'll eventually, uh, he'll be back because it's ir- like something will happen. And he, he, I believe him when he says he's not watching the games. I totally believe him, but he'll read about them and something will happen with the Saints and he'll just have to get his comments out to the world and he'll just call in one day and it'll happen. It'll be beautiful. Like uh, it, it's irresistible to him. He can't he, he, he we will call him home. You know, it's he'll he'll be back. 
I think the worst thing that could happen is Adrian Peterson gets 150 yards and three <laughs> touchdowns because then I think he just pouts and sulks in his corner for like the rest of the, the, the year. Rest of the season. Before I let you go, Ralph, uh, I'm hours away from Hurricane Irma. Uh, oh, Lord. Our curfew starts in two hours. And I was hoping you could give me a bit of advice on prepping for a hurricane. I know you like fruity beers and bourbon whiskey. What I are do. some some other essentials to well, properly prepare? Other essentials, I believe you need um, potato chips and dip. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big bully. Look, I don't know if they have. I don't know if they have this in Orlando because they don't have it everywhere. And you could probably still, maybe you could probably still go to the store and get it, even though the stores have been raided, because people don't buy necessarily perishable. They have the Hidden Valley Ranch, and it's. I think it might only be. It's called the F- Hidden Valley Ranch Fiesta flavor, and you just buy a thing of sour cream and you mix the Fiesta uh, Ranch thing and you and you stir it up and you eat it with ruffles. I went through three of them, son of a bitches, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I feel like I just need you just need like I wrote my column while the hurricane was going, but I feel like I just eat my fear away. I just you just you just eat your fear away. That's the key. So you gotta have like good snack, unhealthy foods. Cause then you get like, like to me, I know this sounds crazy, but like I go to like, go to the grocery and everybody's like fighting over the fruits. I look for like the most unhealthy things I can find. And I, cause I, cause then at least you're like, yes, the hurricane may come and may flood my house and may ruin my life. But I've got this awesome fiesta dip and some, <laughs> and, some and some queso, and I got some, and I got I got Ben and Jerry's bourbon pecan pie ice cream, and I'm super excited to eat this while this hurricane comes and ruins my life. So you I get do- like the you get like the you know you, you excite yourself over like eating junk food to put the misery of what could be your future out of your mind. That's the key, Preston. You got to have unhealthy food in your fridge and ice and liquor. Uh, in the ice chest that's the key that's my that's my one that's my one piece of advice to survive in a hurricane if anyone is friend to ralph and is a professional video editor and can put together some kind of montage of a house just (laughs) lifting up around him as he eats his hidden valley ranch fiesta flavor (laughs) with sour cream and ruffles i would definitely donate to see this video um thank you ralph this was awesome man it's been a dark time to be a pelicans fan the past couple it's not listen listen It's it's I, I know it's dark and people say I'm doomed, but don't don't be consumed by the doom yet. You we we got Boogie, and we were pumped about Boogie, and there was a reason when they got Boogie at the All Star break last year. We were I'm not gonna curse him. We were bleeping pumped, right? Pres- we were pumped about it. Like p- go back to that. There is a reason you were pumped about Boogie. And everything else, it's just window dressing. We can still be excited about Boogie and AD. Just that's what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cling to that uh, blanket until it's cold pride from my cold dead hands. That's my optimi- That's my optimism for Pelicans fans. <laughs> Consumed by doom and cold dead hands. Ralph at Saints Forecast. Uh, before I let you guys go, be sure to go to birdrights.com, read one of Kevin Barrios's four NBA trade scenario column columns as well as ollie's latest argument on going big in a league that's gone small thank you for your support be sure to like us retweet us take a moment to rate us on itunes stitcher tune in google play or wherever pods are found thank you to ralph uh not just for being a guest on here but 
you your pod is always entertaining it always makes me chuckle on my way to work i love every time i see that a new episode has come up so keep up the good work don't ever leave us hanging and uh, we'll try not to thank you and i'd love to check back in with you at some point in the season uh and i'll definitely be back with you guys as soon as this hurricane passes with a training camp preview we're just we're just five weeks away kids so uh for now uh any parting shots ralph no just Maybe I'm optimistic, Preston, because my house didn't flood and I'm 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 just pooping out uh, unicorns and rainbows. But be optimistic about your teams. We love sports for a reason. Be honest, but before it even starts, be optimistic. It's okay. That's all I'm gonna say. You got it, man. Let's go, pals. E-cigs don't burn tobacco leaves, and they come in lots of flavors. That's what tobacco companies tell you. Here are three things tobacco companies don't say. One, many teens don't know their flavored e-cigs have nicotine. Two, nicotine is a poison that can rewire the teen brain. Three, 80% of kids who tried vaping did it because of the flavors. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.